religion is always in the control business. Uh, and that's something people don't really understand. It's, it's in the guilt-producing control business. And if you have heaven as a place where you're rewarded for your goodness and hell as a place where you're punished for your evil, then you sort of have control of the population. And so they create this fiery place, which has quite literally scared the hell out of a lot of people throughout Christian history. Mm -hmm. And it's part of a control tactic. Meant for an eternity is actually an invention oh, of yes. the church. I think the church fired its furnaces hotter than anybody else. <clears throat> but I think there's a sense in most religious life of, of reward and punishment in some form. Jeez. The church doesn't like for people to grow up because you can't control grown-ups. That's why we talk about being born again. When you're born again, you're still a child. The people don't need to be born again. They need to grow up. They need to accept their responsibility for themselves. Every church I know claims that we are the true church. And they have some ultimate authority. We have the infallible Pope. We have the inerrant Bible. The idea that the truth of God can be bound in any human system, by any human creed, by any human book, is almost beyond imagination for me. I mean, God is not a Christian. God is not a Jew or a Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddhist. All of those are human systems which human beings have created to try to help us walk into the mystery of God. I honor my tradition. I walk through my tradition. But I don't believe my tradition defines God. I think it only points me to God. Life is a startling and wondrous experience. And eventually, I think we're going to discover that God is unfolding through the life of our consciousness and our self-consciousness and is not a parent figure up in the sky. On the heels of Kanye West charging $200 for merchandise at his Coachella slash church Sunday slash I don't know, religious experience. I don't have the full details. I wasn't there, right? I wanted to examine religion. I'm not here to tell you not to believe anything. I'm not telling you you got to think like me. Because that, frankly, is what other people would tell you in their respective religions. I'm here to look at the equity of religion. I think it's worth a look. When I look at studies, there's been many studies on this. One study that I really like, uh, I found one is the social economic con contributions of religion to American society and empirical analysis. It says here that religion in the United States today contributes $1.2 trillion each year to our economy and society. $1.2 trillion each year to our economy and society. These contributions range from basic economic drivers for any business, staff, overhead, utilities, to billions spent on philo philanthropic programs, educational institutions, and healthcare services. Congregations, businesses inspired by faith, faith-based charities, and institutions do not build communities and families, but also not only build communities and families, but also strengthen our economy in every town and the city of the country. And so the diagram talks about how institutions bring in 302.9 billion, businesses bring in 
138.4 billion and actual congregations bring in 418 billion for a total of 1.2 trillion dollars uh, in total contributions that come directly from religion. That's one study. Another study says the same thing. It says 1.2 trillion annually from religion. As you keep studying and you keep looking, uh, religion uh, is one of the biggest drivers in American culture. One of the biggest economic drivers in American culture is religion, and it's not taxed. These these congregations, these churches, these different religious sectors, uh, I guess if it's a business, it's taxed. But if it's directly a church, it's not taxed. That's free money. Now, am I saying that they should be taxed? I'm not saying anything. I'm just giving out information. But that is what people are proposing. But then people get upset. They're like, well, you can't do that to churches. You can't do this to them. You can't do that. Well, I don't understand. Y'all were just mad about a $200 shirt. It says here, here's another report. Here's another report. If we can get the the study on this, maybe we can put this in the notes. It says here, religious organizations in the USA spend $390 million annually lobbying, lobbying the government. And so the question is, where is the church and state separate? Is this charitable use of funds? U.S. church tax exemption costs the U.S. taxpayer over $1 million every seven minutes and 30 seconds. As we don't tax religion, where do you think the taxes go? I mean, this is this is this is a serious conversation, but you are upset about a two hundred dollars shirt. There's billions, trillions associated with religion. Here's another study. If the church paid taxes, everyone would only have to pay three percent taxes. This is source volunteering in America. Two thousand nine report. Giving to all nonprofits in the U.S. is a fraction of what it is spent on the military annually. It's a difference between $335 billion versus $602 billion. 35.9% of all volunteer hours come from religious people. The value of that is $58 billion. Annually, churchgoers give an average of $1,391 to church and $958 to other charities. Non-churchgoers give $623. Do you, do you, I'm, I'm just saying, let's take a step back and let's look at religion as a business. And notice that as a business, it's not being taxed. And so the, the, the outrage is, well, how dare Kanye do this? How dare this person do this? But where's the outrage on the other side? Where's the total outrage that we have hid behind religion and created empires around religion? And because the money is flowing, people think that they really run something. You know, the people who are abusing the power the most are the pastors. 
Now, when I say this, I'm not saying every single person. I'm not saying every single church is a bad church. And I'm just saying there's a lot of money flowing through these communities. And then you look at the communities. And some communities aren't reflective in the very churches that's, that sit there. And the amount of money that goes through there. And I think it's worth trying to have a conversation like, hey, what is going on here? For many people, they've left the church. If they've left, they said, this this is not acceptable. Other people have stayed. They believe that this is the only way to, to, to really grow and, 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 and move on spiritually. And once again, I don't even want to get into that on this episode. I'm just looking at the equity of it. We're talking about $1.2 trillion stem. They stem from religious activities. And a portion, a major portion of that, if done correctly, or depending on how you look at it, are tax-free. And so then it's, then the question is, well, what are the salaries of some of your famous pastors? So we got to look at it, right? I mean, if we're going to look at the equity, I think it's important to really study the game. So the eight, the eight richest pastors in America, let's look at who they are. Because, you know, y'all are mad about $200 shirts. We have Kenneth Copeland, net worth $760 million. Okay? Net worth $760 million. And I'm not mad at anybody's net worth. Get your money. Pat Robertson, net worth $100 million. Benny, Benny Hinn, Benny Hinn. Uh, forty-two million. Joel Osteen, forty million. Creflo Dollar, net worth twenty-seven million. Billy Graham, and I believe he's he's passed away. Billy Graham, twenty-five million was a net worth. Uh, Rick Warren. Net worth twenty five million, and Joyce uh, Meyer net worth eight million. So there's nothing wrong with being wealthy, but great wealth comes with great responsibility, regardless of how impactful you've been and things that you've done behind that pulpit. There's a lot of money flowing through these hands. And I'm just asking, are they ever really hitting the community? You know, I would love to know who's who's the richest pastor near Flint, Michigan. I I would love to know what is what is going on. Uh, a protest against wealthy pastor by activists disrupts church, church service. New Era Detroit. Well, let's look at this. This is back in 2016. 
So who is the pastor? This is the same church that recently hosted Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump. New Era Detroit is calling its church accountability, taking congregations to task for not serving the community. So this is happening in Detroit at the same time, the same time that water is being poisoned a few cities away. And don't forget, Detroit had to go through uh, its, uh, I guess, decline, for lack of a better word. Everybody was moving away. So what we're, so what we're referring to here is a, a guy named Bishop Wayne T. T. Jackson, the wealthy pastor that welcomed Donald Trump uh, to his church. So, I, you know, I don't know these people, but I'm, I'm just... I'm just sitting here live talking to you and thinking, wow, I wonder what Flint, Michigan got going on. I look it up. Back in 2016, they had they had real protests about some pastor there. And if you're in Detroit, if you know more about it, let me know. A wealthy, supposedly a wealthy pastor. They start they started the offering at a thousand dollars, he said. And then they said if you don't have a thousand dollars and do three hundred, if you don't have cash, then you can you can go to the ATM machines. Wow. That's what I'm saying. These people would just stand in front of the church to get money. like they just basically use religion to, to make up whatever they want to make up. I'll be honest with you. I've I've worked behind the scenes of a church. And I know that people will say, you know, a pastor may stand up there and say, hey, we're taking tithes and offerings. And then later on in the sermon or later on in the search service, they'll say, you know, it was moved on my spirit. It was moved on my spirit to ask for another offering. But what really happened was people were in the back counting the money and they didn't get enough. And I'm being, <laughs> I was back there. They didn't like the amount that they got. So they said, oh, well, guys, move my spirit. So then they can try to get another thousand, another two thousand. It was all a money game. It was all it was all a money grab. I've literally seen people make up uh, new ways of giving so then they can attract more dollars. I watched this with my own two eyes. And it, it, it's, it's becoming very bothersome. You know, people... People were really excited a few weeks ago in Charlotte, North Carolina, when T.D. Jakes came through uh, to go to Elevation Church with uh, the pastor there. I can't remember his name. I'll have to pull that up. But both of them are very high profile. They're very high profile uh, pastors and people were just flocking to go see them. I didn't go, but I mean, I'm sure it was a great time. My concern is, is the, is money really flowing into the community? And his name is Pastor Stephen Furtick. And I'm not saying these are bad people. I've learned a lot from T.D. Jakes. A lot. There's a lot of wisdom that he's taught. But I, I have to question some things, don't I? And I know that everybody's wealth doesn't come from just religion. They've used that as a platform, get their name out there. Maybe they start legitimate businesses. I know T.D. Jakes, you know... Technically, it's all for religion, but he's, you know, he's made movies as well uh, that were some were religious based and some were not religious based. And so you can say, well, that's technically religion. Hey, when you're making it yourself and you're putting a film together that's centered around faith, you know, I can't be mad at that. But I guess my bigger issue is these people are going into uh, communities where 
People truly believe that by giving and sowing into this church, that they'll receive a hundredfold, tenfold, a thousandfold, uh, whatever you know their their offering is. And some people would argue that they're robbing the community. And I think it's a fair argument. I don't know if it's accurate, but I think it's a fair assessment. I think it's fair for us to look into the churches. I think it's fair for us to ask some questions. I think it's fair for us to to decide, well, are we going to tax the church? No more playing Mr. Nice Guy or Miss Nice Guy and saying, oh, the church, you know, we can't tax God. We're not taxing God. We're taxing the church because they're not giving back to the community like they say they are. I'm just letting you know they're not doing it. You you know it and I know it. It's all a, It's all a ploy. It's all a game. And right now they're winning the game. And so you can be mad at Kanye. You can be mad at anybody you want to be mad at. But be mad at the system. Stop fighting people. Stop fighting people. Fight the system. I think that is the wisdom of the day. You could be mad at all these other people, but you won't be mad at your own local church that is pimping the community. I've watched it my own two eyes. They know what they're doing. It makes you wonder, do they even really believe in God? Or they just believe in the hustle. They believe in the grind of church. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful finesse. It's a beautiful finesse to make the whole community really believe in you. And you, you can walk into any room and people love everything you say and do. And they cherish the, the, the road you walk on and the, the concrete you walk on. Everything you say, they, 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 you, you, they're hanging on every word. I'm sure that is a an awesome feeling. It's an awesome finesse. But that person is just a man. That person is just a woman. The real, the real power is within you. But how come they don't say that? The real power is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. God-like ability is within you. You shouldn't have to look outside of yourself to find your power. We shouldn't have to throw money into organizations to try to find our power. If you have to throw money at a problem, more than likely that was never the problem. Sometimes the biggest issue is all in relationships and being strategic. It doesn't always require a whole bunch of money. Now, money does help. But you got to ask yourself, with all these big salaries, with all these big uh, facilities, is what's happening in the church being reflective in the community at large? I don't have all the answers, but something is really fishy when... Everybody's more upset with Kanye West and a $200 shirt than they are their own community that is asking for $1,000 donations. And if you don't have $1,000, go get $300. And matter of fact, there's an ATM in the lobby. They've been, they've been finessing this game for a long time. And because they, they wear nice clothes, they have all nice shoes... They might fly a private plane. 
They finessed us all. And for many of us, we bought into the hype. We bought into where the money is. And we think that money makes you real. And so we we believe in money more than we believe in character. We believe in money more than we believe in character. And so I challenge everyone to start holding your churches, your religious organizations accountable. Because if you don't do it, it's going to happen for another 50 years. Hold these people accountable. Ask them, where is the money going? And notice when you start asking questions, oh, oh, when you start asking questions, they'll make you realize you don't have any spiritual equity in that church. They will find a way to force you out. They don't want you there. They just want your money. They don't want you asking questions. They want you to go with the flow of how it works. Because as soon as you start asking questions, they'll start labeling you the negative one, the black sheep, the this, the that. Anything they can to get rid of you. So on that journey, if you decide to play the church games, just pay attention to the community around it. Look at where the money is flowing. What projects are they working on? And is it all a front? Is it all a front for something else that they got going on? A lot of times the church is a front for them to go do something else. I'm just being honest. It's all, sometimes it's all a front. You're going to have to really decide if you're going to continue allowing this. Because literally, especially down south, there's a church on every corner. And every Sunday, every Saturday, every Bible study, every chance they get, they're taking your money. And that same amount of money could be used towards something else. And then you would say, but my God tells me to tithe. And I would argue he never said tithe money. 